Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Today, we have a special guest with us, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. All right, and we're live. Jason, thank you for joining us on the show. We are glad to have you. Where are you calling from? I'm in uh, Central California, uh, Clovis, California, to be exact. It's, uh, if you don't, don't know where that's at, it's near Fresno. Most people have heard of Fresno. Yeah, okay. That's down by San Francisco, right? Ish? No, we're, we're good three, three hours from San Francisco. We're in the middle of California in the San Joaquin Valley, the breadbasket of the world. Nice. Uh, if you're eating fruits or vegetables today, it's probably came from uh, within a couple, couple hour radius of me. That's a beautiful country, and it's great for real estate. You're in the perfect area. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's just get going here. Um, to, to to give everybody an idea of who you are and where you're from, um, why don't you just just say that um, who you are, where you kind of where you are from, and how you kind of got into real estate. My name is Jason Nenadov. I am the broker of Equity Assets Real Estate. I'm from all over. Uh, born in Ohio. Moved to California when we when I was uh, about five, and uh, been here ever since in a few different areas of, of the state. And um, that's basically it. I'm I'm one of seven kids. I'm I'm right in the middle, I'm the middle child, if you will. Big, big family. <laughs> yes. And uh, and how did you how did you get into real estate in the first place? Um, when I was younger, my dad started investing in real estate uh, he had uh, kidney failure was kind of out of work but he was able to leverage some of the properties he owned and acquire more and he he had over uh, I would say 10 over 10 properties at one point um, and so that that kind of turned me on to real estate and uh, that's basically why I got my license right on right on so that's how you got in. So kind of tell people, what do you do right now? What's your, uh, what's your niche in real estate and real estate investing specifically? I deal primarily in uh, residential real estate um, where I'm a, kind of like a full service concierge uh, broker, handle buyers and sellers. Um, as far as the investing side goes, to help, help people find uh, good investments um, to make them some money and to give them a retirement, you know, down the road. Very nice. So you, you kind of work with, uh, you are the broker that works with real investors. So investors come to you, they're like, Hey man, I need a flip. I need a buy and hold. Um, I need a commercial property. Can you help me find it? I definitely can. And I'm not, I'm not specifically only working with investors. I'm like, I'm looking, I'll work with any buyer and seller, uh, real estate. But, uh, yeah, I, I have an investor that is very active and has been doing this for 20 years. And so he'll use anybody that brings him a deal. So I'm actively hunting down deals for him and trying to find ones that he can uh, turn and make a profit on. So. Nice. So how, uh, kind of, how do you go about that? Like, how do you go about finding the perfect deal for this? This is, is it only one investor or do you have uh, multiple investors that you're kind of sourcing deals for? Um, I would say one of this caliber, but there's, you know, obviously there's people that are just looking for like a rental type properties. He's probably the main flipper that I'm working with right now. Oh, he's a flipper. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure he has, uh, he does buy and holds too, but um, his bread and butter, what he spends most of his time on is um, finding properties, uh, improving them, and then making a quick profit on them by putting them back on the market. Nice. That's, uh, that's how I first got into real estate myself. It's, it's rough. You really got to know, you got to have a lot of capital to do it that way, but uh, that's fun. Um, so yeah, how, how do you find these properties? Like what, um, does he give you criteria? Do you just get them off the of MLS? What's your, uh, what's the way that you come about these properties? Um, and kind of how, what's the criteria that you use to find them? Primarily so far has been on the MLS and I've only been working with this guy since the beginning of 2020. Um, so obviously I have the MLS access in front of me every day and I'm, I'm combing it for, um, undervalued properties, properties that are listed below market value because of their condition. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the ideal ones he's looking for. And, you know, his criteria changes depending on what the market's doing. When, uh, when COVID hit, he, um, was only looking for stuff under 250,000. Cause that's the hot market now is the, the under 250 in California. That's a, that's a hard thing to find, isn't it? Well, we're not priced like the Bay area and, and LA. Um, our prices are much more affordable here in the central Valley. So. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So this, uh, and he only, you only work in that area or do you work all across um, California? And I'm licensed throughout the state, so I can, I can sell anything uh, in the state of California. It's just a matter of where my clients are coming from. So if, if there's a need outside of my local area, I can, I can serve that need. I'm part of the Cal Regional MLS, which is the largest MLS in California, has over 90,000 real estate agents, and it covers most of California. Nice. Very cool. So you, you find the leads. Um, you have this one investor that you're mainly working with. Uh, you find the leads for him through the MLS. Um, is there any, and you're only looking for under 250,000. Is there any specific um, criteria that, that you think um, that you think is unique kind of to your area or that is unique to, to this investor something that the listeners can kind of take away and be like, Oh, that's a really good criteria to be looking for when you're looking at flips. I wouldn't say he's the typical investor. A lot of investors are um, going and do as little as they can and, and try and uh, turn the quickest buck and they might take more risks uh, as a result. Um, but he wants, you know, he wants to make a minimum of 20,000 on a deal and have a, have a $20,000 cushion in case uh, when he starts opening the house up and finds other things that are, are wrong that don't meet, meet the eye when you walk through it, then, you know, he's not losing out on, on deals and losing money uh, in order to stay in business. He's got to make money on these things. So uh, he has a different, different criteria than a lot of other investors out there. Oh, wow. 20,000 on a, on a flip. That's uh, that's interesting. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the Seattle market. And so that would be considered pretty low for, for a profit for flip, um, especially the margins that you're talking about. Um, and so the ARV on, on a $250,000 flip, uh, or purchase, what would that usually be? What would it turn out to be down there? Is it about three fifty? I mean, it, it all depends. And th- this this criteria is just now when the virus hit, he changed. You know, ah. and so he's obviously he's looking to make a bigger spread on bigger deals when the market is um, moving on all cylinders, so to speak. So, right. Um, 
with, with people being out of work, he's a little more concerned with uh, turning properties uh, quickly, and that's what he wants to do. It isn't, he doesn't like to have them sit, have multiple properties sitting on the market and having to, um, you know, manage those for six, right. 12 months. It becomes, a, it becomes a nightmare. So, Gotcha. So you guys have seen, um, you've, you have seen a downturn since COVID? Uh, downturn in, in what sense? In uh, reduction in price. Certain properties, more of the luxury market, uh, the higher end, higher end market, uh, I believe, has been coming down. Just and also just a number of transactions have been down um, because you know, for a month or two, buyers and sellers were not wanting to do anything. So, um, <laughs> you know, definitely slowing down. Uh, I wouldn't say that market dipped tremendously. Um, definitely first time buyer market is still very strong and competitive. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing the same thing up here in, uh, in Seattle as well. I bet I can speak for everybody that we are excited for this thing to be over. It's going to be good once, uh, once the doors open and we can get back to normal. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to change gears here and, uh, um, kind of go away from just your business and how it works. And I kind of want to hear a little bit more about your experience. So kind of what's been, um, What's been like the most difficult thing that you've experienced growing your business as a broker and kind of, how did you, how did you, uh, how did you pivot to overcome that, that difficulty? I think the difficult thing would kind of be in a, I'm, I'm, I kind of consider myself a sole proprietor. I mean, I've got a few agents under me, but they've got other jobs. So they do, they don't they only do a little bit of real estate, you know, every year. Yep. So I, I think the biggest uh, challenge is just uh, is scaling what I do. And I'm, I kind of have my hands in everything, um, from A to Z. And so, um, the challenge would be pulling back from some of those responsibilities and just focusing more on, on lead, lead generation or finding deals. Gotcha. You mean lead de generation for finding new clients? Yeah. New clients, new properties for investors, all of the above. And what have you, uh, what have you kind of found, um, that has given you the most momentum in that area? I uh, can't say I've found anything specifically yet, but I'm constantly looking. And I mean, the the hard part is knowing where to spend your money on marketing that has a return, yep. uh, you know, on investment, and you're not just blowing blowing your dollars. So that's the tricky part. And there's nothing nothing's guaranteed. So um, yep. I'm so not, what uh, in that area? What what um, have you found has given you the best ROI? for your marketing spend? Well, a lot of things are hard to track. I mean, I have got, I've got some people helping me with marketing and branding. Um, just taking my, myself away from some of that because it's easy to get uh, loaded down with all the details with sending, sending counter offers, with uploading listings, with promoting yourself on social media. And so, um, I've kind of been experimenting with uh, letting go of some of the reins as far as the social media goes and letting some other people, you know, put my, put my name face and, and company out there for me. Um, okay. just, oh. I, I can't be everywhere, you know, at one time. It's just, it's pretty difficult, especially with three little kids and, and a spouse that works. So <laughs> house, that's a full house. So, uh, so what, you hire somebody to do uh, marketing for you. Is that you don't do it yourself? 
I just have some virtual assistants working on that stuff for me. So nobody, nobody in house. Um, I'm trying to avoid employees for as long as I can. So <laughs> no problem with the, you know, 1099 people under me, but uh, I don't want to mess with payroll tax and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't blame you. Um, so do you, are you focused more on uh, um, like digital marketing or are you focused more on print marketing or billboards? What's your, uh, what's your bread and butter there? I would say more, more digital. Digital? Yeah. Facebook, Google. Yeah, I've historically I've done some blogging, um, so okay. I've got you know a trail of that. People, if people want to look me up, they can see articles from ten years ago that I wrote. So that's great. That's the great thing about digital is that it just it just hangs out. Yeah, you, know, you you do it once and it's there for as long as you keep paying the the fee. Exactly. They keep the website up, so that's great. All right, so uh, so that's kind of about the the most difficult thing. What is the thing that you've enjoyed the most about growing your real estate business? Just helping more people. I mean, the more people I can help, uh, I think the better I feel. Um, just being able to work and be productive and provide for the family and um, help people achieve the goal that they are trying to achieve. I mean, that's that's what feels like success to me. So the more people I get to help and interact with and meet and become friends with over time. A lot of my clients become friends and, you know, will use me for future real estate deals down the road. So that's, that's what I enjoy. Yep. Yeah. And that's uh, that's one of my favorite things too about real estate is it's 100% relationship based. And so, I mean, just like you said, you, you start a relationship in 2005 and, you know, five years later it's grown into a real relationship and you're getting consistent business from them and it's a win-win situation. So that's uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, take me back. You, you may have one of these, you may not, but what is, um, since you're, you, you're not really, you're more on the uh, support side of real estate investing. Um, but what would be your favorite, I suppose, sale? Or the, the question that I would like to ask is, what's your favorite project and why, why was that your favorite project? You know, how'd it go, et cetera. But I guess what was your favorite um, transaction that you've done so far? Well, I can share one that I've done uh, in early 2020 with, for my investor. It was a house that... Um, was definitely underpriced in MLS. I mean, I could tell that right off the bat. So I immediately shared that with him and uh, we went and see it and we went to see it <clears throat> and it was an elderly couple's home and they'd gone on to assist, you know, assisted living and the family was selling the home. And um, it's just a unique property. Um, there was a Fresno famous architect that designed it it was uh, like Adobe brick. The whole the whole thing was like, uh, you know, brick construction. It had a, <laughs> but it had a flat roof. It uh, kind of looked like a, a bomb shelter, or the Alamo or something, some, <laughs> some compound on the outside, you know. But it just had so much history from just the thing, the personal property in the backyard, you know, like a 1922 Model A car frame, all rusted, you know. That's cool. And just just the amount of history that was there and it was almost an acre lot. So it was kind of fun having a, a bigger partial, you know, and just, uh, seeing the transformation of that. Now, um, we were up against 10 to 15 other offers and, uh, my investor put in a bid over, over 50,000 over list price and ended up 
um, as the winning bidder. So, oh wow! And I've just been able to see him uh, transform the place and totally, totally renovate it from from top to bottom. So it, it should be listed. I should have it listed uh, at some point this summer when uh, he feels the timing's right to uh, put it back on the market. So that's great. And that's the, that's the best thing about flips too, is like, you're really going to see the, the transformation. You get to see the, the, the horrible house that you bought and then tear it down to the bones and then you get to see it once it's done. So that is a, that's a fun thing about that. Yeah. And I'm trying to document some of that cause I know that the, people like to see that kind of stuff. I mean, everyone's into HGTV and, you know, his house and all that kind of stuff. So, um, people that aren't doing real estate or flips, I mean, in general, people are interested in what, in what you do for, for your business. You know, I'm interested in learning what other people do for their work that, you know, I have no idea about. So they'll, they'll tune in and watch and comment. So. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So switching gears again, um, I kind of want to know a little bit about you and how you get the most out of your day and your, uh, your own personal, personal stories. Um, so kind of tell me the habits that contribute the most to your success as an investor um, or just in general. Well, my day to day is always changing. I mean, obviously with, uh, with COVID uh, it's changed a lot with having my whole family home 24 seven. Yep. 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 I can feel you there, man. I could feel you there. I have a lot, uh, a lot less privacy and uh, peace of mind mm-hmm. during this time, you know, but, um, uh, full commission sales is definitely tough. It can be definitely be a roller coaster as most people know. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why a lot of people, you know, stay away from it. So I think it's just important, uh, when things aren't going well or you're, you're getting frustrated or discouraged just to have some good habits to, to keep you, keep you going. And, keep you plugging away, you know, things like just a good diet and physical activity, um, maybe a gym routine and that sort of thing. I think it's important to uh, have those outlets, especially when, you know, you perceive things aren't going very well. Yep. No, I'm the same way. If I don't get a workout, I mean, my girlfriend could tell you this, it's, it's not, not a pretty thing. <laughs> you gotta, especially now that we're all like, you know, cordoned off inside being able to get outside and just get the sun in your face is uh, very, very helpful. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could give, you can go back in time um, to when you were first starting out in real estate, like your very first day, um, you can give that person one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? I would say just be tenacious and uh, don't, don't get discouraged. Um, if someone tells you no, uh, just means next opportunity so um just keep plugging away i mean that's that's what sales is about it's uh you know getting multiple no's uh, because you know you'll get it you'll get a yes eventually so it's just about keep moving on keep pressing on yep couldn't say it any better myself especially in real estate you're gonna get a lot of no's in fact uh, when i first started um i still have the the numbers i think it was like we sent out a hundred and like 44, 134 offers, like written offers. And we only got one deal out of that. And I, I almost quit at that point, but I'm glad I didn't because we kept going. <laughs> so, yeah. it, wasn't it Robert Kiyosaki that says you looked at a hundred deals, you analyze 10 and you make an offer on one or something like that. Is that, that, that sounds, that makes me feel better because at that point I felt like, wow, 
I am just not doing well here, but but it's true. If you just keep going, you just keep uh, keep knocking on the doors, keep sending out offers. Eventually, something's going to work. So I like uh, I like that little piece. Okay, so everybody for for everybody who's listening, um, if you'd like to share this information, I should have asked you this before we jumped on the show. But um, if somebody would like to get in contact with you, uh, how would they go about doing that? You can look me up at uh, equityassetsrealestate.com. Uh, you can call or text at 559-246-8991 or email me my full name, which is jasonnenadove at gmail.com. So that's J-A-S-O-N-N-E-N-A-D-O-V at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. And is, do you have any last words for, uh, for everybody who's listening? Um, just keep on keeping on and, um, Focus on, on, on what you want to work on to be, to be better for tomorrow. All right. Well, Jason, thank you very much for having you on. Um, I hope you find success down there in California. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. For more information on how to work with the host, Gabe Peterson, go to www.realestateinvestingclub.com. Otherwise, we will see you guys in the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.